Welcome to the podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I am joined by Andy Gamuka. Number one Wall Street money never sleeps. Stay in Cullen Ashley. <laughs> Emilio Diaz. And we are also joined by a guest. You may know him from the Blank Check podcast or as a film critic at The Atlantic. We have David Sims. What's up, guys? Woo! How are you doing? <laughs> Truly good, insane that you are here with us today oh, for this very dude. silly exercise. <laughs> no, shut up. This is a good idea. I like this exercise. <laughs> <laughs> the only exercise I like. so yeah we've done several juries in the past this one is going to be a little different because (laughs) we took all of the summer blockbusters that premiered at uh the Cannes film festival out of competition during the previous decade and we put them all into a competition So we're going to get into that pretty quickly, but we've got a little bit of news to go over, which is that Sundance has gone both national and virtual, or has decided to do that for next year, Uh, which is interesting. They've said that they're going to partner with, what, like 15, 20 cities, and then there's also going to be a virtual element, as well as the Park City Festival. Any details what that means about what movies might be there, what's happening beyond that, how that works for press? It sounds like the the like full full festival is only gonna be at Park City and like the satellite festivals might be a little less and then the virtual festival might be a little less than that. I would imagine that uh, New York and LA will at least for press get pretty much the whole thing. Hmm. I mean, so that press isn't I'm having not going, to travel. So yeah, I assume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, I like. I don't even mean to be flip. It's so. It's such a sad thing. But I mean, I'm yeah. not going to Toronto. I'm not going to Sundance, which I usually do. Right. Yeah, like you know. So right. I mean, mm-hmm. Toronto's not going to have anything. It looks like. Um, but I suppose right. Sundance could like that, you know, that could actually have more of a proper program. But yeah, we're, it's just it's right. going to be we an off year. Right. Well, yeah. And, yeah, I, and mean, I guess we mentioned even, that. Go ahead. Go we ahead. mentioned that Sundance is with the moving back of the Oscars, maybe the more attractive place to premiere big awards vehicles for this year. I, I suppose in theory that right. You could actually pull that mm-hmm. off. That would be really weird. Ugh, I don't like that. It would. I mean, it's just, the whole thing's very unsettling to me as a critic where, like, there's a whole ecosystem and a calendar that's been disrupted, and most critics I know are like, Uh who cares? Who gives a shit? And I'm like, oh, but it's, you know, you're supposed to do it this way. Like, you know, Toronto should have these movies, and then, you know, like, it's just, it's just all off. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's gonna have an asterisk forever, like, for this year and everything. It's, yeah, it's gonna be... Well, I've tried to make that argument to critics, and they have pointed out to me what you said, which is like, it's going to be an asterisk year no matter what. So you can do the Oscar thing of making it a longer season, or you can just be like, look, 2020 was a weird year, and that's that'll yeah. be what any awards body reflects, right? And that's probably, right. that's probably accurate. That's probably the better way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, though I guess pushing it back just creates the potential for having two asterisks year where then you have to deal with whatever the yes. consequences of pushing the date back next year. 
So it's just like, not a fan of that decision, but I guess these are what these people have seen fit as what to do in these weird circumstances. Nobody's ever had to deal Mm -hmm. with this in like 60 years or whatever, I guess. So it's, they're figuring it out as it goes. Yeah, it'll just be weird. I mean, it'll just be weird. It'll yeah. and and like that's fine. But like, imagine an Oscar season where there are two Sundance seasons within it and zero whatever Toronto's. Mm. Like that just that's just right. gonna be very odd. Like right. you know, that's like very strange. But maybe no that's can. what we have to put up with. No can, obviously. I mean, that was. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Cannes, so I have no sympathy for those guys. But like, all my friends being like, maybe like you know, there was like a lo- like a good month <laughs> mm. where they were like, well, and I was just the whole time I was like, it's not going to happen, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Cannes yeah, themselves were very that insistent way. that fit something was happening, and then yeah, was, they they held out and hope. They made a that they stubborn did a French announcement energy. of what would have played there also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Whatever it'll be next year or whatever, or maybe the cinema's dead. I but I I think it's probably gonna be next year. I I mean, ask. um, I do. Have you ever? You've never gone to Cannes. Is it just the flying, or is it just? Um, Cannes very expensive. uh, So Mm -hmm. I have never been able to convince the Atlantic to pay thousands of dollars to send me to the beach in May. Um, So. It's them, and like there's not a ton of news value. Like the news value for the Atlantic of the Toronto Festival is very obvious. It's like you see every Oscar movie in a couple weeks. The news value of Sundance is a little less obvious, but the Atlantic like uh, sponsors that festival and we have panels and stuff. So there's, it's very easy to hitch a ride. Cannes is really pricey. It's a very expensive experience. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted to go. I don't know. I maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it one day. I'm sure it's every you know. I'm sure it's very cool. Everyone gets so stressed out there. All you know, and you and they have all these badges. You guys know about the badges? Yeah, it's like color coded, right? There's like color that's coding, the yeah. and it's like there's pink, and then pink with a white dot, and gold, and blue, and like you know, and it's it's all kinds of stress that seems just. And and you don't know right. when the schedule is going in, and you don't. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like it's it, and you have to wear a tux the whole time. And you have to wear a tux to premieres. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's a lot. But I should probably try and knock it out uh, before I, you know, can't do it anymore. I don't know. But whatever. I'm not going to Cannes this year, so whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm passing that buck. You didn't go to Cannes, but you're here on Can I Kick It? So what's better than that, right? Exactly. <laughs> you guys should go to Cannes. <laughs> I mean, we would like to. No, we're not opposed to the idea. You can <laughs> go pretty cheap. I think like you can rent a really, you know, like cheap Airbnb if you sort of cram enough people in. Like I know a bunch of people who sure. just scrape a little bit together yeah. and go. Like yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, I have. I think yeah. if it had I have read some. Year, there may have been a contingency. Right. I have read some blogs of people who were like, "Here's how I did can," and it seems stressful, yeah. but uh, yep. you know, maybe fun. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, that was an episode of the podcast talking to yeah, about the wild right. stories about trying to go to Cannes on cheap and right. how mm-hmm. weird and fun it is. Who knows? Maybe we'll go someday. We're also yep. broke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Colin over there in Germany doesn't want to just Couldn't walk. walk. 
right. All right. Well, we why don't we? Yep. Get into the uh, the jury proceedings. We're gonna be giving out the same awards that we always do uh, in the same with the same uh, rules. So. Uh, we probably explain them most clearly if anyone wants to go back on our uh, CAN 2016 draft. That was the first time we uh, used this format, kind of. Uh, but yeah, as our guest jury president, I'm going to throw it to you, David, to throw out the first pitch. Wow, so I'm the president. Why have you made me yes. president? That's crazy. Um, the guest uh, of honor. Well, <laughs> because, uh, yeah. I mean, yes. We don't yeah, want to the guest is the president. Should I list, yeah. should I just run down the, the, I believe it's 13 films that we're considering? Should I just, just yeah. to remind sure. people? Yeah, if you want, if you want to name them, mm-hmm. sure. So you got Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. You got Oliver Stone's Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. You got Rob Marshall's Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. <laughs> Tides. You got, I don't know who directed Madagascar 3. You got Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby. You got um, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Dean DeBlois. You got George Miller's sure. Mad Max Fury Road. You got Pete Doctor's Inside Out. You got Jodie Foster's Money Monster. Shane Black's Nice Guys. Steven Spielberg's BFG. Ron Howard's Solo. And Dexter Fletcher's Rocketman. That's the group. Very. It's a very... White and male group, unfortunately. I don't know if you guys yes. saw this coming, but uh, it's uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, and also even by can right. standards, and like and like also like considering like even trying to consider like who is in the conversation for best actress, it's like pretty dire. It as is first, very like, dire. Where there are I was, female roles I was that are noting, even worthy of consideration. It's true. Yes, it's a tougher yeah. race for actress and. I mean, just looking over it, yeah, it's just... So it's all basically May movies, right? Like, these are all May-June movies that got a fancy party thrown for them on the Riviera. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And Cannes is a fairly gentle environment for a blockbuster because critics tend to react really nicely to them because they've been watching really tough movies about lepers and, you know, whatever, you know horses that mm. fall down and die in a ditch and so like when they see <laughs> whatever you know Similar. solo they're like i don't know it was fine like you know it looked <laughs> like a, um, there's space lasers in this movie yeah i always yeah. sort of joke that like you just cannot trust that reaction but like i think that's why they do it and plus you get to throw a big party it's very expensive right. so it definitely is like it's a most of these movies are movies that their studio was very excited by I would admit, like Money Monster strikes me as about one of the only ones where the pro- studio is probably just like, well, let's just I don't know, you know, at least they're <laughs> stars. Yeah, it for right. sure stands out in this list as like, yeah, these are all movies I would have gone to a theater and watched in the summer, even though none, some of them aren't good. They strike in Money Monster, just yes. like this seems like a movie that went yeah. that just exists on like TNT. Right, Money Monster Why didn't this probably... come out in October. Or... Money right. Monster may have been a matter of like. Han would like to have George Clooney yeah. and Julia Roberts and Jodie Foster. I assume that was the thinking there, right? By and large, I saw all these movies in theaters, um, bar, barring just a couple, I feel like. And yeah, because they were big theater movies. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. So wait, so so my opening pitch is that Mad Max Fury Road should probably win the Palm Door. All right, go for it, guys. Come on, chat, chat amongst yourselves. I, so, uh, yeah. I agree. So I, I does not like Mad Max. I I have a piece to say. And then we, we <laughs> whether that has any effect, we can move on from there. I'm not even. Obvious. I mean, I genuinely love Fury Road. It's just, but it's also sure, just. Yeah. It's probably just what's going to happen. But go ahead, go ahead, say your piece. Right. Yes. So uh, this is the thing. Right. It's the is exactly that reason is that like Mad Max Fury Road is like the obvious choice here, and it's I think I think Mad Max Fury Road is like a fine movie. It's not one of my favorites. I I I do. Like, the, the full critical love for it is not something that resonates with me totally. I think it's a g- good movie. There's lots of good stuff in it. It's obviously extremely well-crafted, and, like, there's good stuff in it. I think, you know, it would be good for us. I, th- I think I think it would be meaningful for us to say, like, let's highlight a specific element, maybe one that is a little under-discussed in Mad Max, and give the palm to something that's, like, a little less obvious, is my pitch. Too co- if- my p- Two Go questions, ahead. real quick. One of the, yeah. one, the first one is what is the under discussed aspect of Mad Max Fury right. Road that there hasn't been any discussion of yet? Which, <laughs> and the second one is what would be your pitch for the Palm de Or? Sure. That you think would slide um, in this room? <laughs> well, yeah. Whether it would slide in this room, we'll see. Uh, the, the, I mean, I don't know. The, my pitch for Mad Max, I guess, would maybe be like looking along the like. Nicholas Holt line of like best actor or um I don't know maybe giving a, a an award to like like a select members of the ensemble or something in, in one of the acting prizes or something um my my palm d'or pick would be the BFG and I'm sorry that this is a crazy thing to say but I think it's just I think it's a beautiful like gentle movie that you really have to like sit with and let wash over you and I think that it's one that I think people don't give enough credit for the way that it, like, it unfolds with, like, this beautiful, like, child's dream logic, and you have this, like, it does this, the impossible by making you, like, really care about this character of the BFG, and I think it's just, like, a really tremendous movie that I love a lot. And I know that that, that is not, not a popular segment, uh, <laughs> sentiment amongst many of my co-hosts, so I will let you all make fun of me now. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Make fun of him. The BFG is probably one I of mean, the <laughs> four best. I, I would put it fourth or fifth in this list. It is not I think it, a terrible movie at I all. I think that's right that it's probably around the middle of the list, despite the uh, ending sitting very, very poorly with me. Uh, it initially struck me as uh, a piece of military propaganda which is probably too strong it is also it is not a piece of military propaganda (laughs) (laughs) yes it's yeah i my my take on that is like yeah it's 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 using like child dream logic where like she's having a dream and like oh who's gonna fix the day like oh i'll go visit the queen and she'll send in the army or whatever and then they'll solve all the problems no questions asked like it's not obviously like a deep like proposal on how we should an- handle like foreign threats or anything but it's uh you know it's using that sort of that childhood lens that i really think is well captured right. in that movie i can see that i also just think it is uh way longer than it needs to be it is incredibly uh, ridiculously overlong that is its biggest yes. fault and i like that movie okay 
Mm-hmm. It is a I full two hours long, other... and it's a movie for six year olds. And I don't think that's a problem that it's a movie for six year olds, but it is. <laughs> it is. I don't know who likes that movie for that very. Re- I mean, I believe we talked about it on the podcast. I barely remember the episode, but like, yeah. I, yeah. like I. That's always my like. Like, what kid is still paying attention so deep into that film? <laughs> and <Right>. yeah, <laughs> yes, Andy, it was a kid, kid at heart. Andy Garuda. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like such a chill movie that like you can like take a nap to and like wake yeah. up in the middle of if you're a kid. It is. I it's did very chill. take a nap in the middle yeah, of it. Uh, Andy arguing that it's pure style. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I mean, I think. Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. I think the other problem with giving it the palm is that the obvious place to award it is that Mark Rylance is phenomenal yeah. in it and should win Best Actor. He has an argument for actor. That's true. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that's I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I Who guess. else has a compelling palm take? Okay, Andy is thrown out his BFG idea, but like, is there anyone I, else, you know, stumping I, for I, a particular I, movie? I I think it's Fury Road. I get the argument <laughs> that it's like a boring pick or whatever, like in this case. But I mean, not a, not even in this case. Like, if we were doing all of the movies from like uh, whatever, like Mad Max's year, and it's like we're gonna give it the palm, like of that, I would I would see that argument. But like. <laughs> I feel like that is something that is easy just to give it the palm. Like there are like so many other elements of that that could be awarded. It's like I I mean I know you are not anti it, but it's like kind of inarguable to me that it's just like it works so well. I mean we, I just rewatched it recently. It's so so good. Um, and my, arg- only, my argument like, to Andy would be that if we just give it the palm, we can then argue for other movies and other categories. Yeah, sure. and awesome. Instead, we're just going to be talking right. about Mad Max in every category for sure. all, all of these because it's the best at all of it. Yeah, I mean, right. you guys created this sort of parameters here, this this like you know blockbuster pool, and there's just that's. I mean, you just handed the the whole thing to Mad Max by doing that. Like, I just and that's not a problem. It's just like. Right yeah. there, there are the BFG is a forgotten film. No one remembers yes. that it is. It is forgotten. It made no cultural impact. It was not a financial success, <laughs> and right. it has not lingered in the imaginations of anyone. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like even dislike it that much. And like even yeah. the other movies in this pool that I like, like I you know there's like I would say there's like five movies in here that I would say are are pretty good. You know, most of them are, sure. I would say are not going to be that well remembered right yeah i mean the fourth pirates movie is that is not one of the ones i would say is good (laughs) yeah 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 i I mean the the only one that is close to me i guess is the nice guys and like I'd be fine with giving that the palm, but I don't think it is better than Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if the choice is like, yeah, Mad Max the nice guys, I think Mad Max all the way. I want, I, I totally accept that. I just wanted to say my piece about like why I think that's so, a slightly unexciting choice, but I totally accept that that's not the consensus. It, it, it is fine. an unexciting choice. It's just I don't, yeah. I don't know what the exciting choice really is. I guess. To me, the exciting choice would be Gatsby. That is the that would be rather bold of us. Uh, sure. But, uh, but um, I yeah. doubt I doubt I would find consensus Gatsby. for that, and I don't think it's as good as Mad Max. 
So it would be sure. a, a pretty, like, you know, these can the Palm winners are always consensus winners. This is what always annoys right. people about mm-hmm. any award yeah. body. Is like, right? They're like, well, why do they? And it's like, it's always a consensus winner. You need, and especially. You know, with the Oscars, obviously, that you have thousands of people voting, so it's very unsurprising that they tend to sort of gravitate towards a movie in the middle. But with right. a can thing, it's like you need to win people over in the room. I mean, the one that we know the most about recently is The Square, where, like, everyone in the room liked that movie. And, like, there, you know, some people mm-hmm. really loved BPM, some people really loved the Lynn Ramsey movie, you know, like there were other movies that had like, it's everyone was, was pretty on board with the square and that's why it won. I'm trying to think of others. That's why like Ken Loach wins all the time. It's why um, Hanukkah wins all the time. You know, like as ridiculous as it sounds, it's like those guys just have like a competency. I think that people right. find themselves yeah. going towards. Sure. Sure. Thank you for bringing up the patron scene of this podcast. Ken Loach. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, can't fuck with Ken Loach. I mean, Ken Loach. The one that's wild is that "Wind That Shakes the Barley" was unanimous. That is one I think about all the time, and that's not a bad movie at all. Have you guys? I mean, but like that was the Wong Kar Wai jury. It was such a cool jury. I, guys, I like talking about can juries, but like it was Sam Jackson, <laughs> Tim Roth, Zhang Zi, you know, Helena Bonham Carter. It was and like. <laughs> it, it was it like it still blows my mind that they went there, but it when you look at the competition, it kind of makes sense. There's nothing in that right. where you can see like Marie Antoinette being a it may, Pan's Labyrinth. I guess is the one that I, is a little surprising, but like because that also feels very consensusy. I don't know. Why, I don't need to go down these rabbit holes. Yeah. <sighs> this is the You're podcast for those. Yes, right. you are certainly I'm welcome to, think, to do that at any time. I'm trying to think of other famous jury stories. <laughs> Do you guys know? Like, there's there is one, there's one other well, that's. Jesse I mean, has a, uh, a well, light like, theory. There's, uh, there's um, Nanny Moretti refusing to let Holy Motors win yes. in 2012. Right. Yes, yeah. Then the, and he and, and then there's have, conf- right. there's the conflicting stories from 2009 about. Um, Either Isabel Huppert wanted to give Antichrist the palm, or James Gray wanted to give Antichrist the palm, and right. one of them lost that argument. Right. I mean, they that, and they were not going to win that God. argument. And like, yeah. I would love to see that argument. <laughs> Wait, there's another. There's, I swear, there's another one that I'm forgetting. I mean, the Fahrenheit I mean, win is. Uh, I mean, like everyone knows, yeah, right. right? That that you know, the Fahrenheit win. That was the Tarantino jury, and he was like, "Old boy should win." And Fahrenheit uh-huh. became the weird compromise, which is bizarre. And I think the I think what I've heard is that uh, Tilda Swinton was the big advocate for that. I mean, these things are so funny, and it's so funny to think about these incredibly, you know, influential people all like sitting in a room and eating sandwiches mm-hmm. and talking about this. <laughs> I talked when I interviewed Kelly Reichardt, she talked about it, and she said like Yorgos was her mm-hmm. buddy on that jury. And they were like a little pair, and then who and Parasite wins that? I think Parasite like won that in a walk. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the one I guess the ones that strike me recently as like weird ones is like uh, Steven Spielberg giving it to Blue is the warmest color. Yeah. But then they decide that they have to give it to the actresses as well. Right. Which 
in retrospect, probably looks even better if you're not just giving it to Kashish. I mean, that's the argument I feel like people make a lot, where it's like Spielberg was drawn to that movie because he could never make a movie that explicit. And like Tim Burton was drawn to Uncle Boon Me because he could never never make a movie that way. Like, that's his kind of movie, but it's even weirder, right? You know, like that sometimes the directors like. Like, Juan uh, Karwai liked When the Shakes the Barley because it's this piece of, like, incredible realism and Wong Karwai does not... He's all style. I love the man. But, like, you know, he's not a realism guy. Uh, and on and on and on. Like, you know, so you can always find those sort of narratives. Mm-hmm. But, like, who knows how true they are? It is a jury. Right. right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like wild that, like, Lynch the- gave it to the pianist. Like, you know, like, some, some of them don't really yes. line up. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the year Elephant won was the year everyone thought that um, Dogville was going to win. Like there was so much Dogville mm-hmm. hype, and then mm-hmm. and, and then Elephant took it. And it, that's probably just because um, lo- lo- Lars Muncher is annoying. I mean, I would assume <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably shots fired. I mean, well, I people think people find him. I think incredibly also, yeah. difficult. <laughs> Someone, it was it Asayas that gave an interview recently about how they were going to give it to Melancholia, and then Lars von Trier screwed that up yeah. very explicitly. <laughs> and then the other one that struck me is like, how did this become the consensus? Is uh, um, what's it called? The three-hour uh, Nuri Bilg Ceylon movie, Winter Sleep. But then you look at the jury, and it's like Jane Campion was the president. Willem Dafoe is on yeah. it. Sofia Coppola is on it. Jajan Ka, Nicholas Winding Refn, Gael Garcia <laughs> Bernal, and you're like, okay, I can see how it becomes the consensus there. Right, right. I mean, isn't um, the other like recent story that I think I guess this is more like a rumor than a story that is known, but that like Xavier Dolan wouldn't leave the room till they give Deepon the palm, and he was just like strong arming the Cohen brothers. Uh, he's so annoying. Possibly. <laughs> and, that, and that is such a terrible win. It's it's so bad. It's so embarrassing that they gave it Deepon. Whatever. <laughs> Who should have won that year? Carol, I guess. Carol, Mad Max should have yeah. been fucking in competition. Mountains Made to Part is yeah. that year. You know, like there's a lot of good. Mm-hmm. At least Son of Saul yeah. didn't win. That would have been bad. <laughs> and I like Son of Saul. They didn't they win whatever. the grand prize? Yeah. I think. Right. But right. yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah. <laughs> with that uh tangent i think we can give mad max fury road the palm congratulations yes. barring Paul. any bizarre pitches that come up where we yes yeah. we will sure. frequently change what we gave the palm to late in the game to fit to fit some <laughs> that's true dumb yeah a piece of somebody <laughs> throwing a tantrum um okay. Uh, but yeah, all right. Mad Max is getting the palm, probably. I don't know, right? Or do we lock yeah, that yeah. in? Mm-hmm. I think, I think well, we pencil lock. that in. It's a, it's a nice, <laughs> a, a, a nice erasable pencil. Sure. Um, yeah. um, but then, yeah, what do you guys usually move around to? Uh, I think it's just Andy? what makes more sense. Yeah. Like, it, we yeah. usually work like around what sort of concessions people have to make, so I guess it would be natural to let Andy pitch whatever yeah. he wants. Is something that he wants to win another yes. award since he's the one who had to concede the most for Mad Max winning the Palme d'Or because he's a sure bad person. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um. So yes, so I would say, okay. So my love for like BFG is like on the table, and I would like, 
And I'm going to be very unhappy if it doesn't get anything. So I just want to leave that out there. But I'm not going to make a pitch for it right now. Um, I think the next thing to consider, I think maybe we try to figure out actress now. Because it is such a hard category to sort of pull from. And like I feel like before we start eliminating movies that we can't pull from, that maybe we should try to figure out who we want. I think... Yeah, I think the the obvious pick for that one is probably Phyllis Smith in Inside Out as Sadness. That's certainly a pick that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't like that movie and still think that's probably the obvious pick. Well, she is good. I'm trying to think of who I have written down here. Yeah, it's a tough list. I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I rewatched The Great Gatsby, and for, like, the first third, I was like, oh, obviously Elizabeth Debicki should win, and then she has, like, three lines the rest of the Yeah, movie. she is not, a, right. Like, I, I think Carrie Mulligan is great in The Great Gatsby. Uh, she is yeah. on my list, along with Charlie Theron, along with Julia Roberts. Like, it's not a great right, list. Yeah, Julia, once you get to Julia Roberts and... In, Julia uh, Roberts in is Monster. locked in in Money Monster. She's That's very good, but that... She's yeah, very Money Monster, good. the surprise hit of this list. Right. I can't believe how Money Monster is just so solid. <laughs> right. I think that... Yeah, I do think... I think that movie pretty badly mishandles the Julia Roberts character and doesn't give her enough to do, really. But um, but I think she's pretty good in it. Um, and um, and I, I I also like Amy Poehler in Inside Out in that that is an incredibly annoying move uh, perform like that's a very annoying character, <laughs> right? And she mm-hmm. she she does a pretty good job. I don't know. Uh, I don't really care. Soft pitch. Uh, Andrew Rice and Nice Guys. She's good. I was just thinking about I, her. Mm-hmm. I forgot I how much she's in it before we started. She's- well, yeah. One of um my like sort of like off the beaten path picks was was going to be also nice guys which is a movie that i have a hard time with a lot but i do think i i also thought about margaret qualley for that because i think she's really good and really striking even though she only has a couple of scenes um so much so that like the first time i watched the nice guys in a theater i was like not super into it and when margaret qualley came on screen i was like oh yeah and then like then i like remembered like oh yeah she's great in the leftovers too and so like immediately after the movie i bought the first season of the leftovers on blu-ray because i like remembered how much i liked her so like that was the power of her performance in that movie for me i mean Um, i think she's good i like angori like especially considering like Angori is basically the third lead on par with the two male established actor leads, and she sort of holds her own, which is an incredibly impressive accomplishment for, like, a young actor. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I guess Phyllis Smith makes sense, too. Yeah, the thing about Nice Guys is that my pitch is that Crow should win actor. He's He gives two great performances in two great movies uh, <laughs> that are on this list, and he's 100% my, my best actor. <laughs> I mean, I, Crow. I think is the is the is the person to take from the nice guys too. I think I think Crow is also excellent in the nice guys. Nice guys um, is is he's incredible in the nice guys, and it is the beginning of him finally understanding that he should be a big husky right. fool, <laughs> and like that there's a new you know avenue of his career opening up, and uh, it's great. The spit take is so good. Spit take. When he fights Keith David. Yeah. That's good. The thing That's where he stuff. pulls the guy's necktie and slams him on the, on the, gun, the yes. banner. It's going to stop. You get him in Robin Hood pulling Great. the ram out of the swamp. 
Yes, the one good scene in Robin Hood where he pulls the ram out of a swamp. Yes. Da- yeah, David, I know you like Robin. I would like to hear what you like about Robin Hood so much. Uh, it's a great Ridley Scott movie where about how rich people are bad. I mean, every Ridley Scott movie is pretty good. They're always about how rich people are bad. And... He's like, I'm going to make Robin Hood. And you're like, okay, what's it about? And he's like, obviously, it's about how rich people are bad. And you're like, well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. It's Robin Hood. And then, like, I mean, I, I haven't seen it in years. It's so good. Um, and by so good, I mean, it's like a 7 out of 10. But, like, it's just, like, competently made and has, you know, a lot of flourish. And Oscar Isaac screaming and Max von Sydow, you know, talking about his boner. And uh, it's kind of the last crow tough guy movie it's, right yeah. like it's sort of the end of right. crow is like action, an action yeah, star right. yeah which is uh an underrated run people forget about 310 to yuma they forget about you know uh um, next three days american gangster well i haven't seen that one um they forget about proof of life uh, i anyway i always stick up for the for the ridley scott movie especially among here this mo- that movie is way better made than most of these movies <laughs> that's a- <laughs> I believe that uh, I said Oscar Isaac was having fun and Emilio laughed for like five minutes straight. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is surely doing so. I mean, Oscar Isaac, an actor I love, is uh, I don't know who his agent is, but he frequently does not pick a good project. Though I guess I mean, it's that early was in his career. Roles, I, though. So it's like I can't blame him, but it's not. I think I agree with you. I definitely watched it. I was like. My main take was like Ridley Scott really hates rich people in a way that is admirable. Yep. But also, this is just not it completely for me. <laughs> Good movie. Since, <laughs> since we're already on, who's my what? My actor best thing? actor. Throw out some actors. I mean, I guess you got Taron Egerton. He's you know he's, yeah Taron Egerton. Me, uh, me and me and Colin have been soft pitching Shia for Wall Street for weeks now. I, wh- that movie's terrible. What are you guys talking? I mean, I haven't seen that movie in ten years, but like that movie is awful. I don't remember a single thing about it. I remember it it's being a, yeah, incredibly it's, long. I watched it two weeks ago and don't remember a yeah. single thing. Yeah, about it's pretty it. long. It, it takes long. like a full two hours to get to Michael Douglas is still evil. Like it's but like that's... for so much of that runtime, it's like is Michael Douglas good now? Like he's selling a book and he's preaching like how to be ethical or whatever. And then by the end, then for the last thirty minutes, he's like, oh, I actually took over everything. Okay. It's the stupidest plot structured movie ever. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's very very no, boring. No, no, no. Neither of us were arguing that Wall Street Money Never Sleeps is a good film. I think it's also quite bad. Shia, though. Shia throwing heat. Shia just talking fast. I could watch that all day. My boy Shia. Hell yes. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. being realistic, since that isn't going to fly, I think Crow <laughs> makes sense, but also there are other... I guess there I think... There's not there's a lot of other it. contenders because there's this there's is, Leo and Gatsby, which is I think one of Leo's best performances. Right. There's Taron Egerton, but apart and then there's Rylance. Rylance is good. Yeah, this this is where I'm gonna ally with Andy and say that I would go with Rylance here. I think he's tremendous in that movie. His like yeah. last shot in that movie where like Sophie has like talked out the window and he can like hear her in his cave still, and he just sort of like 
gives a small, like, smile of contentment in the very last shot, I think is, like, tremendous and moves me to tears every time I see it. Uh, I think he's really good, and especially given that, like, it's a mocap per- performance at in that era where, like, those were still fairly new, um, especially where it's so much that it is actually just him uh, with, like, modifications. I think, I yeah, I think that's an easy win if we, if how, we go there. How long have right, we... Right, and, like, I... What I felt about it was, like, I could feel him, like, like his presence as a stage actor, like, despite being under all that motion capture that isn't even terribly good, it feels as if Mark Rylance is performing directly to me. Yeah. I mean, how long have we been recording? For, like, 30 minutes? I watched that movie 40 minutes ago, and I cannot remember the (laughs) shot that Andy was talking about. Yes, I told him as well. (laughs) Um, Andy's the only person with like annual BFD rewatches. <laughs> it's sitting for everyone on Disney Plus right now. I really recommend it. Turn off it your phones. Give in to the BFG. I I like the Ryland stuff, and I kind of like the stuff with just yeah. him and the kid. It's just all the stuff with the giants is so boring, and then the dream weaving part, which should be like you know the most mm. visually exciting. I remember finding like kind of bland, like. Uh, like that they didn't really sort of find a way to make that look as cool as it's described in that book. Yeah, I, I was sitting thinking, it just looks like a console tech demo where it's just like, look at how many lights we can have on screen on the next generation of PlayStation. And that's my entire thought on that sequence. How boring it is. I guess Rylance can win that is fine. Though we did start this off by talking about Best Actress and just ended up talking about Mark Rylance in the BFP. <laughs> I'll, I'll give in to Rylance if there's really a lot of... Um, uh, excitement about that, but my pitch is definitely Crow. I would put my chips on Crow as well of what we've proposed. And Emilio, what? Where would you go? I would lean a Crow. Hell yeah! That all right? Battle. Then let's wow. Let's <laughs> I'm getting let's right say Crow. BFG let's say Crow, stopped. and then go back. To so that means BFG's getting the pre-actors. Dude. Oh boy! Um, I mean, there's, uh, there's. A... But back to actress. I mean, obviously, Charlie's would be a contender, but Mad Max is winning the Palm. So, like, right. are you thinking? Is everyone still mostly into the Phyllis Smith? That seemed to get the most excited. Yeah. The other thing, the other, uh, I would say, another animated pitch that I might make is Frances McDormand in Madagascar Three: Europe's Most Wanted, oh. who is weirdly locked what? in. As that, uh, as the French police officer. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you were. It's a good performance. I'm with Andy on this one. Good performance. (laughs) Just put that out there. I think she's really funny. She would give a good speech, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Put her statue down. I think there's one good performance in Madagascar three, and it is. The uh, shockingly charming and moving Martin Short, but we've already given out. Oh, he's actor. good. Martin Short's good too. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, I like that movie. Was like a lot of fun. I was like, I had a good time with it. It has real Looney Tunes energy, and I I thought it was was very fun. I mean, that is also my take on Madagascar Three, which is like in my top half of these movies. It's just like dumb and wacky in a way that I can abide by. But I also haven't watched it in a while, so I can't fully. Back up that take, but I had more fun with it than most of these movies. I guess it's either Phyllis Smith or Carrie Mulligan if we really want to make people really want to make that well, great Catsby push. We so could I, do 
I, I think there's some fudging that can be done if we <laughs> like whatever like list Russell Crowe as winning for Robin Hood, but count it as both, and then we can still give Andrew Rice nice guys actors. That's a cheat. I will not abide by that. <laughs> yeah, that's no. <laughs> no. I if, if it, yeah, I, I only would go Crow over Ryle Lance if it's saying that it's both performances. Uh, sure, okay. I, I would not I would not take either of those performances <laughs> individually over Ryle Lance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, dude, he's kind of a non-entity in Robin Hood, which is weird. Like, it, that it, I feel like that movie is weirdly uninterested in Robin Hood as a character. But I don't know. That was just my, yeah, my feeling on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess, yeah. Colin, Colin, do you have something? Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Jesse where I'm not super into Inside Out. I, I can, uh, Phyllis Smith is probably like the best performance in the movie. Um, I would not have a problem with that if that's where we want to go with the actress. Yeah, I will also say I, that giving Crow those awards also helps us not have to argue with David on giving Robin Hood another award somewhere else. <laughs> I, that's that's the award I want. That's that's the sure, one I'm arguing yeah. for. All right. Okay. I mean, the other thing is that if we get through the rest of this without giving out a tie, there's no reason it can't be Crow and Ryland. I suppose that's true. Sure. Um, yeah. Crow and Shia, but let's go. On. Let's move on. Labuff. <laughs> um, director. Let's do, or screenplay. What do you guys want to do next? I think director is interesting because this is a director-heavy list in yeah. theory. Yeah. Even though mm-hmm. this is, I don't think it's anyone's here's best work except for Miller, obviously. Yeah, Miller but, is well, probably yeah. the closest. Maybe Shane. It's also maybe the best Shane Black movie. Yeah, I have two director pitches. I think mm-hmm. are like fairly obvious. Uh, sure, Jodie right. Foster and Boz Lerman. Yeah, ba- I would Boz, go Lerman. Boz is my my number one. I would say Jodie Foster is an interesting mm. pick. I unfortunately think that that is not a well directed movie. No, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, that was weird for me. The problem, yeah. that's, that's, that's my problem with to it. I think it's to find directed. some space to make this not just all white people, and like white men. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, Money Monster, I think is, I mean, like, it's competently like constructed or whatever, but Jack O'Connell's right. performance in it is so off oh. that yeah, I was really just fair. like, what was she like communicating here? Like, why is, because he is just, Clooney and Roberts, I mean, maybe it's just that he wasn't up to snuff right you know right. it's like you got these two big movie stars right. who've done it a million times and he's kind of like trying to go really big to sort of match it but he's yeah. way too big in that movie and and like i like jack o'connell in other movies like i was very taken aback that was kind of the end of him where it was like oh god this guy's just doesn't have it right because that was like right after startup right right startup you're like oh this kid's gonna be huge and then he's in yeah. all these movies and you're like yep they're they're totally just you know whatever he's gonna be a big star and then well, that was that. also it's like isn't it like is it six months or is it a year and a half after unbroken it's or like is it right oh. before unbroken no it's it's after it's like a year plus after okay. unbroken but he was in like seventy one. Okay. He was in all. I, it was just like right. he was unavoidable right. for a year. Like it was, he was everywhere. Kind of looks like Taron Egerton a little bit. Like he's got a little bit the same yeah. vibe. Like the kind of slightly chip on shoulder, uh, little English guy. Uh, but Egerton's way more cute. Like he's got. He's just like more charming. Jack was like tough, but like then his American accent is terrible. I don't know why I'm dis. I'm putting all this on Jodie Foster. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah. it, it did. It does but throw guess, me about. But I think movie. I think beyond this performance, that character is a problem with the movie, and that you can feel that there's like no take there, where it's like it could be more political. It could have more of a take on like rich people, poor people, fucking each other over, sort of stuff. Right. And and instead, that character is just like kind of dumb right. in a way that kind of sinks yeah. the movie. He's literally just a guy with a gun. Like that's all the thought that, that scene, has gone into the character. The scene with Emily Mead, like when they call her. And she sort of just dresses him down is truly abysmal. That's yeah, that seems wild. <laughs> She's I just might like be you. <laughs> conflating a foster like push just with how good I think it looks, and that's like maybe more on Libatique, but I mean Yes. I guess this is also I just, where I should say dis- for full disclosure purposes, uh both Money Monster oh, yes. and Robin Hood, I watched the uh the, the made the T V edits, the cable edits. So they were in the wrong aspect ratio and they were edited for T V. So yeah. I didn't get the full Truly frame. Despicable behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Lerman is maybe the most sensical director pick. That is yeah. I mean, yeah. even regardless of quality, it is also like the most directed movie here. I guess again, apart from Mad Max, like we just need to discount Mad Max from the yeah. rest of the discussion. I, I think he has a take on it. Some people don't like that it's like not super respectful to what the book is doing or like what the book is about. But I don't really care because I like it when <laughs> No Church in the Wild plays and the people dance. I like those songs. Oh yeah, so that movie's good. Fireworks. That movie's. I'd almost argue it's great. Yeah, it is great. I mean, that movie's great. But, but he's the best. He should make more movies. I know he is like, I mean, you guys must have heard. Like, I mean, he's just, the. it's the most right. budget, over budget shit. Like, you know, right. he's absolutely mm-hmm. impossible to control in terms of that. Like, he, you know, your movie is just not going to be what you think you're going to, like, it's going to cost so much more right. money. It's going to take forever. But then he will give you this pretty inimitable thing like any time he takes his swing like you know it is it's very him and it's very special it's the Uh, definition of it's all up there on the screen it is and he's he's a genuine auteur like better you know like obviously he's not for everybody and like it's interesting like his thing has not quite like people have not really stuck with boz so much like i guess his movies always do pretty well but it's like, he but his, make his aesthetic is fucking everywhere. Like, it's not right. like, you know, he, mm-hmm. you don't see Baz Luhrmann everywhere in music videos yeah. and advertisements and just like, I don't know. Like, right. he has And like Moulin down. Rouge is like, he, when Broadway was happening, Moulin Rouge was like yeah. the hit of the season. It was like, everyone was all excited to see, finally see it live on stage. Like, and that wouldn't be anything mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him and all that. Um, I, yeah. I, I th- every, yeah. every three months, some 17 year old tweets about Remember this movie and it's Romeo and plus Juliet. <laughs> so I think yeah. he, he, he's maintained. He has a style. I like that movie a lot. I think a weird story that I have is that Great Gatsby and Madagascar 3 are were two big movies for me and my friends in high school who were people who were on the basketball team and drank. And those were the two <laughs> movies we decided to latch ourselves around to. So this is a weird exercise. For me, um, <laughs> but Great yeah. Gatsby, I think, is a director pick that is obvious. I I, I, do, I do feel like I have to say, just as an alternative candidate, uh, I do think Dexter Fletcher does a really good work with Rocket yeah. Man. I think that movie doesn't have a ton necessarily on the page, but the directorial flourishes he's able to add to it are kind of what makes it special. In addition to Taron Egerton being like maybe a little better than you expected him to be. Um, that's not my favorite movie on the list by far, but I do think like it has a directorial flair that I really, I I agree. It's just like, if you give 
Dexter Fletcher the award over Boz Lerman. That's a weird right. thing to do because exactly. I feel like Dexter Fletcher has a foot in Boz Lerman, right? You know, and like that's yeah, not sure a bad thing. Like Dexter Fletcher, right. I feel like will give you more of a like mid-budget version, right? Where it's like it's going to be a pretty watchable movie. It's going to look nice. It's going to have a point of view. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not going to change the world or whatever, but like he's a better. I mean, that's a much better made movie than a lot of other music biopics that were coming out around then. What's he making right, now? Right. The Sherlock Project? Holmes movie? Is that what he's making? Yes. Oh he's on some franchise. It's Sherlock Holmes. Great. He's making Sherlock <laughs> Holmes 3. I'll see that. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. He's he's taking over from Guy Ritchie? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And and Ritchie is another director he has a foot in. Like these directors like right. Ritchie and Lerman who were very polarizing when I was a teenager. And right. now it's kind of like you got to respect that they kept doing the thing they do. Even right. though I have heard mm-hmm. the wildest stories about Guy Ritchie. I have not heard the wildest stories about uh-huh. Boz. The Boz sure. stories are always just like that he's like, we need 100 apples right now. Yeah. You right, know, right. that are perfectly, that are all perfectly red. And someone's like, what? Right. And he's like, you have to go get them right now. You know, like, it's like shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I know people love the get down. You actually give it a shot. The get down's fun. It's, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, I've only seen the first episode, and I was just like, wow, this is like a lot of parkour in this. I was not expecting that. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I mean, my only thing about Gatsby is that it doesn't work for me at all as an adaptation, which is... Right. Probably more on the screenplay than the. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, anyway. I, yeah. My thing. Yeah, I. It feels a little bit like Baz Luhrmann is like yelling all the symbolism at you, which like mm-hmm. I find a little exhausting. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. I, I don't have that big of an argument to make against him. Hey, no. I, I'm hard of hearing, baby. Yell it at. Him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> make it as uh, I also don't know if he's yelling an interesting take on the symbolism. And also the framing device is just abysmal, but again, that's a, a screenplay thing. Screenplay yeah. thing. So yeah, I can definitely get on board with uh, Lerman and director. Um, well, also because right, this is director, not screenplay. Do you guys have a screenplay take? That's the other yes. spot. I'm sure the people would argue for the nice guys because obviously Shane Black right. is a big writery boy. Uh-huh. I don't know where where else people are thinking on screenplay because screenplay is tough these are not movies where i'm like god the script yes i i was i, would just I, I was thinking the nice guys i was thinking money monster but uh who wrote money monster gun to your head like four people <laughs> some guys <laughs> that's what the author who cares it has let me see it has three screenplay credits yeah i was gonna say god uh, listen uh, Okay. Sometimes three cooks in the kitchen make a perfect dish. And that wow. dish yeah. is uh, <laughs> like three a solid coming out and then just giving you like chicken broth. It's like, yeah, this is <laughs> good. <laughs> I don't know if I want to ever have this like by itself again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Nice Guys is like... I mean, Nice Guys is, is the obvious pick. I mean, I, I will say even for the bad movies here, they're all very directory. It's so yeah. it's like it's a hard. Yeah. It's like There's, we could honor we could honor the late Melissa Matheson with the BFG. Just saying. For last I, I mean, it's also sort of a, a that's sort of a sweet win because she had died when the movie came yeah, out. Is she that had right? died. Like, when, yeah. Yes. Right. Um, yes. I, mean, I have no objection was, yeah. to that. 
if this is where you want to stake your claim, Andy, on the nonsense language of the BFG. <laughs> I well, mean, then I think it also has to win uh, jury prize. <laughs> It'll win no, the that's not happening. Cumber. You gotta pick. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I cannot abide right. by the BFG winning screenplay in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even even as somebody who like I don't fully hate it, but the things I like about it are for sure not the screenplay. It's just like if anything I like about it is either Spielberg doing interesting camera shit or Mark Rylance, and I cannot give the right. screenplay. Gonna get... <laughs> I'm gonna find a place for it. God damn it. Um, uh, I guess yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, yeah. There's the other animated stuff. Dragon yeah, 2 I liked, Madagascar 3. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was a weird one for me that I like had no expectations for. I haven't seen the first one. Uh but I thought it was it's, super good. Like it's, it's the that's the best of the three. I think okay, inarguably. So. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if yeah. you, I mean it's that is a pretty solid movie. I don't love yeah. those movies, but I, I like that one's pretty great. For that uh, by yeah. that I would say cuz we've not we've not given out either of the the Grand Prix or the Jury Prize yet. I feel like How to Train Your Dragon 2 slots better in one of those at this point. Mm. I can see that. I mean... Well, like, say we're putting BFG in screenplay. Like, um, yeah, what would, what would people then be pushing for for Grand Prix and Jury? So you could argue that, like, uh, I mean, as bad as Amelia thinks the script for BFG is, uh, you could like still slot in with the actor win and jury. That's where Nice Guys could go uh, for its second win. Right. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And then that's like arguably a higher honor, you know, than just screenplay. Right. Shane Black yeah. gets it either way. Right. Uh, yeah, my pitch rather than. My pitch, rather than BFG winning screenplay, would be nice guys win screenplay, and there's and then a Crow Ryland's tie in actor. Um, and then sure. what is Dragon Two the pre then? Or lay it out for me, I, guys. Uh, I guess the two good remaining movies are Money Monster and Dragon. That at least meet the uh, bare minimum uh, qualifications for being good. <laughs> I will say we. So, I think the only movie we haven't talked about at all for any category is Solo. So I just want to state that um, I'm not Solo? <laughs> pulling for it for anything. This yeah, I think Solo should be disqualified Solo. from competition. That's my argument. <laughs> <laughs> because I watched it. I can't even find the auteur in it. Right, like it's it's such right. a yeah. it's such gobbledygook. Yeah. You know. Right. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Right. Uh, yeah, I watched Solo on a plane in 2018. <laughs> I think I fell asleep for like uh, the middle of it. I have no recollection of Solo. <laughs> my only pitch for really Solo, nice. my only pitch for Solo is gonna be a uh, a sorry we ruined your career award to Alden Ehrenreich, who is okay in that movie. Fair. <laughs> hey, um, Brave New World coming soon to Peacock. Get excited, everybody. Jesus. Ooh. If you won't stop yeah. talking about Peacock and Yeah. <laughs> um, Y'all yeah. pre-order your I subscriptions think... to Peacock? Alright. We cannot. <laughs> we cannot get into 
Uh, Say Peacock one more time. I'm going to leave this call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think think Nice Guy's screenplay, the Rylands tie makes sense to me. So we've just got the two uh, the two prizes, I, basically. The two kind of generic prizes. Yeah, the nice guys in screenplay... I don't know. I um Yeah, I, I, so I was saying, yeah. Nice guys in screenplay, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of stuff that sort of sits weird with me with that one. Like, the opening sequence where it's, like, the naked lady get cra- Like, look, he's looking at the fold-out and then she crashes through. I don't know, that doesn't sit right with me and then after that immediately it's like a it's a they're in school watching a thing and the joke is like that the word gay is funny i don't know a lot of the jokes in that sort of feel like a little over the the taste line for me but i mean i understand if we are still gonna go with nice guys in screenplay i just want to voice my concerns it's fair i mean it's it's shane black's problem or right what you know he the man is rooted in in a in a past era in some ways and he's trying to wink at it or mock it i think but it is kind of a question of how much he is enjoying some of those little prods and like i don't i i the nice guys is an extremely well-written movie because he is psychotically good at structuring films like that is his yeah i I think the structure is yeah extremely good uh that is and i i like you know, he is to me an ar- inarguable auteur because he writes these movies about people who are like barely hanging on to their existence. Like that's his, that's always what he's fascinated by. Even when he made a Marvel movie, that's what it turned out to be about. You know, the old joke in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang of like you picked up the country and you shook it, and L.A. is just where everyone who couldn't hang on ended up. Like you know, it's like that. It like. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I mean, when you're doing a screenplay award among these, it's an easier one to right. argue. Like the right. only movies here that I would say are well-written because even Mad Max, you're kind of like, mm, I mean, obviously that's right, a yeah. beautifully created right. film, but it's not really right. well-written. Right. It's, you know, it's well story yeah. The only well-written movies in this are Nice Guys and Inside Out. And Inside Out is well-written in that very Pixar way of sort of like, it all makes a sort of, you know, disturbing... Right, like, everything sense. locks yes. into each other, right. yeah. Right, right, right. right. <sighs> uh, I, I, the, I would rather give BFG the jury prize than give it screenplay. Yeah, no, I get that. Okay. That's that's a fair I, argument. I, I think that that is more in line with the recogni- in recognizing what I think is actually good in it rather than giving it a screenplay award just because it, that's where it, it fell to well right but we we gave it uh we, we gave the tie between crow and rylance i think is where we're going with that i'd rather do jury than the tie really i'm always opposed to the tie i think if we have a tie we should use it <laughs> yes Use it on Josh Brolin and Shia LaBeouf. No. no. Uh, Stop I mean, it. <laughs> You've made your case even worse. What is Josh Brolin doing? Uh, I mean, I, we don't need to get into that. No, that's from that. <laughs> You're going to try and add Jason Clark in there. That's that era where post No Country for Old Men where they were like, let's put Brolin in everything. And it was sort of like, you need, you know, it was not very interesting. Post, It's post Milk and, and No Country, I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
He's okay. whatever. He because it's that American Gangster. I'm trying to think of the other ones. There's, he keeps popping like, up uh, in movies. I mean, he's so good in True. I guess Dread. the Reitman is later than that. What, right. Labor Day. The Reitman, though, for sure. Gangster Squad, right. Men in Black Three. Oh, right. He's good in Men in right. Black Three. Right, and then he Men and, and then he gives the the best comedic performance of all time in Inherent Vice. He is funny in Inherent Vice. <laughs> cannot deny this. Um, okay, so where are we at right now? Do we? Yeah, we've can got. We, can we do a full slate rundown? Do you have that, Jesse? Sure. Uh, my understanding. Unless you're going to argue about the tie more, is Mad Max Fury Road for the Palm. We don't have a Grand Prix. We have Lerman in director. We have Crow and Rylance in actor. We have Phyllis Smith in actress. And we have the nice guys in screenplay. So we would need a jury and a pre. Yes. I think Dragon um, makes sense as either one. Yes. Would it be Dragon and Money Monster as like the obvious two? Yeah, I, I mean, think so. Unless somebody wants to argue for like Rocket Man, or listen to my argument for why Madagascar Three is the only thing keeping the, the spirit of Chuck Jones alive, and it's a fun and good movie. <laughs> I <laughs> the yeah. Should, <laughs> the people should feel more positively about. <laughs> I would uh, yeah, argue I, I think... for anything over. Uh, Money Monster, yes. Rocket Man for sh- wow. is a better movie than Money Monster. Madagascar Three, yeah. oh, okay. I don't. I mean, <laughs> like, I, 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 <laughs> Money Monster to me I is is I've... fundamentally not a good film. So like it it probably okay. shouldn't be winning one of the top three awards. That's fair. I mean that's fair. I yeah, guess I guess so. I, I guess I like Madagascar Three better than Rocket Man. Also. Yeah, I'm on board with Madagascar Three. That's like my fourth favorite movie of this bunch. Hell, I think it's a, a yes. wild one. Wait, wait, so, so we're gonna yeah, get two animated movie. films: the Grand Prix and the Jury Prize. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon draft. All right. I mean, Listen, uh, Oliver Oliver Stone should have made a better film. I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see if I can hack this. Let's see. I guess. I mean, yeah, if nice if, guys if take screenplay. Pitch. If Lerman wins director. I guess that's how you, you 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 sort of argue for it. It's like the better movies are represented, so it's okay. Yeah. So that so what that leaves out right is Rocket right. Man, Money Monster, Pirates, and Wall Street. That's right? rough on Rocket so, Man. Oh. I want to kick one of the animated movies out for Rocket Man. The others all suck. Yeah. Fuck them. I sure. would. <laughs> so this is the problem: is I would push <laughs> for How to Train Your Dragon over Madagascar. <laughs> Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon is the, the How to Train Your Dragon doesn't have Circus Afro, which makes it a better movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Circus Afro is funny. What if uh, Madagascar gets screenplay? <laughs> for Boundback? That's, no, just, that's yeah. just a Boundback thing, his, right? His divorce movie. His, I mean, his real divorce movie. I, I argued for the I argued for the longest time it was the best thing Noah Baumbach had ever written. <laughs> <laughs> and a person who used to be not a fan of it. But uh I don't know. Even I can't really make that argument completely sincerely. No, that so, is not an argument one can make sincerely, I would say. <laughs> uh but I would you know, I would encourage you to make it anyway. Um, no, I mean, I certainly do not remember any of the written line, but I also have not watched it since high school. So, uh, I mean, I'll put Madagascar in screenplay if that gets it out of jury prize. So and we then, put Rocket Man in there, and then put Rocket Man in there. But that's 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 just me. I don't know how everyone else feels about that. 
I I would rather just drop Madagascar three. Guys, got to figure it out. Mm. I'm I'm okay with just Dragon and Rocket Man in either order, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I, guess I, I mean that that that's fine. As the other, as like one of the other uh, only other people here who also kind of likes Rocket Man, I think that's fine. Yeah. Rocket Man is a classic jury prize winner. If you're gonna pick, you know, it's the movie where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone thought that was pretty good, you know, or whatever, you know, like that. That's like yeah. that's what the jury prize always is. It's like, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Okay. I can sign yeah. off on that. I think. Yeah, that's uh. All right. So wait. So now yeah. it's the Palm to Mad Max, the Grand Prix to How to Train Your Dragon Two. Two. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> the jury prize to Rocket <laughs> Man, the acting awards to Russell Crowe and Mark Rylance and Phyllis Smith, director to Lerman, screenplay to Nice Guys, and then I don't know, guys. Do you want a special award? Do you want to give like a you know uh, mm. a consolation prize to yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Do you want to like <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, do you I want guess to, is there a palm dog we can give out? Ooh, is there a dog ooh. in any of these movies? I mean, the dragons are very doggy. That's um, true. There's the little it dogs in uh, Madagascar oh, the Three has the little British dogs. Yeah, there's oh, the, the corgis, corgis, oh, the corgis and BFG. They fart and I they go. Yeah, that's corgis. true. They get the palm dog. Okay, that's decided. And there's no debut <laughs> films here. I think is unfortunate, which is too no. Bad. That so I can't, you can't ca- give out I, yeah. a camera door. Yeah. Right. I mean, it no... would be crazy if there was a, a first film here. I mean, I, well, maybe the Madagascar three. That's the one I was looking before. at, but I don't think so. No, it looks like they all had worked on something else. Sure. All three directors, to be clear. Yes, Conrad Vernon, <laughs> Eric Darnell. Right. I'm just triple checking this. And Tom Solo win an o- can Solo win the award for yeah, the best third movie director. The first. I was just gonna take it so I win the award for the first movie to be directed by no one. Right. I mean, I don't think it's the first. Also, I think that would go to pirates. Yeah, I, pirates. We could maybe give some sort of anti-award to Rob Marshall. I don't know what I mean, it would be. Famously, we have given out the palm to do do. He's so bad. Um, one of our one of my faves. Okay, Rob so Marshall the or, or, or uh, I, do, I I like Rob Marshall a lot. Times. I think Pirates is his worst movie. Obviously, um, I don't yeah. think I would agree that that's his worst movie. I got to be honest with you. I think that is not even his worst movie, but it is not a good movie. I think Memoirs of a Geisha is his worst. movie. Oh, that's the one I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Yeah. Memoirs. Um, I do I am, think I am Team Nine is kind of interesting though. He, well, nine in Chicago. Chicago is obviously a good movie that he right. made, and nine is him trying to do Chicago again, and then thus right. it is like at least sort of competent or whatever. It's not good exactly. Into the Woods and Mary Poppins are the ones where I really, I really have a lot of bones to pick with him. Unfortunately, <laughs> poor old Rob. Yeah, seems very nice. Yeah. Everyone says he's so nice. Right, he's great to work with, and he uh, and he co-directed the uh, the '90s revival of Cabaret, which is very good as well. Um, with um, what's Natasha name? Richardson, my friend, Seven, I was there. Seven, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah. wait, he directed that. He yeah, he did. Was he that... co-directed it with Sam Mendes? He 
Right, right. It was Mendes, right, yeah. Right, yeah. It's he the was, Mendes he's revival, a great choreographer. That was his, you know, right. he was great at the staging. And yeah. for some reason, when he makes that, movies, he decides to cut constantly, and I've never understood it, yeah. it at all. And I, yeah, because that's the thing. What he did in Mary Poppins about. Returns was so unconscionable. He had all these incredible dancers, and he's just cutting into the action. And I, I've never forgiven. I was, I was I, furious I, at that movie. Yeah, that I, I mean, that I, is also like the problem with on Stranger Tide. It's just like there's theoretically fun stuff happening on screen, and it's edited yeah. and lit so poorly. Yeah, on Stranger yeah, Tides has Ian McShane as Blackbeard, and he's like locked mm-hmm. in. You know, like it, there's stuff you right. can have fun with there, although. I think Depp is so checked out in that movie, it's crazy. Yeah. Which is definitely Depp a problem. Depp and both. Well, I mean, he's even more checked out in Five, which is, like, the really crazy thing, I think. But, five, um, five was one of those things where you're like, right, this has to be better simply by default, right? Like, you know, they're bringing some folks yeah. back, like, surely, you know, what, and then it's right. worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's definitely worse. Um, it's maybe not the time for a digression, but Andy did pitch or uh, sort of, like, defend pirates as having like a fun first 30 minutes and i watched it today and it's just like johnny depp mugging and like trying to get a profiterole off of a chandelier it's like the most uh, uh, plain like bland i think the opening is kind of fun you got richard griffiths in there as king george richard griffiths Uh, richard griffiths is yeah right he's kind of funny i yeah the opening is probably the best part right i guess yes I yeah. Once they got on a boat, I was gone, which is not what you want <laughs> in a pirates movie. <laughs> yeah, Andy's like no boats. <laughs> but yeah, I think we should be locked in, right? Yeah, like the only other award I could see giving is like a an ensemble award to Solo, just for like uh, that was just for like like honestly, guys. Okay, if you're gonna do ensemble, movie, so I would argue for Mad Max. That's the ensemble movie. That's true. Um, uh, but I mean, sort of Mad Max again, it's like, that's why you just give it the palm because you're rewarding everything, exactly. you know, the technical right. stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any special awards that you want to come up with, David? No, no, I, I, I was throwing out ideas there, but no, there's nothing else sure. that needs rewarding. We're already scraping the barrel. Uh-huh. Right. So <laughs> yes. like, I feel like. So wait, so wait, I have it written down, right? So Fury Road, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Rocket Man, Crow Ryland, Smith, Lerman, Shane Black, and whoever co-wrote The Nice Guys. I forget who co-wrote The yeah. Nice Guys. Oh, right. Yeah. I believe there's a co- Anthony Bagarosi. Bagarosi. <laughs> whoever that Mama is. <laughs> Bringing that nice Italian flavor. That's a presumably. spicy screenplay. <laughs> Uh, his only a man, credit a man without many other credits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess he's some Shane Black guy because he worked on the Long Kiss Tonight. Maybe I don't know. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Well, he's winning a, right. a can prize. All right. So so how we usually finish these episodes is we do very brief presentation speeches from the bottom up just to say what we like about these elements and uh, if we haven't gotten enough about why they're winning that award usually from someone who pushed for that award so do we want to start by giving uh giving the palm dog to the corgis from the <laughs> absolutely well, I mean... would you like to make that would someone like to make that speech <laughs> i can like speak on that territory sure uh Yes, so there's there's three corgis who appear in the BFG. Uh, they um, follow their instructions very well from uh, Rafe Spall. He, like, clicks <laughs> at them, and then they, like, sit down and stuff. And then they get to drink some fox, 
Fitzsquaddle, I forget what the name of the beverage is. The the stuff where the uh, the bubbles go down and it makes some fart green gas and they go flying out of the room and that's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great Very stuff. Palm dog winners. <laughs> All right, next up. Who likes Rocket Man? I, I can say something about I can say something about Rocket Man. What did it win again? The jury. It won the jury prize. Okay, I think it is a biopic that is fitting, that is pretty fitting of the man who it is depicting his life. I think it's fun. I think it's out there. I think it's sort of boring in its later parts, which is also fitting of Elton John. I think <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard is in it. Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard is in it, giving an insane performance. Taron Egerton is pretty giving a pretty good, uh, charming performance. He's a star. I think he will give better performances later in his career, but this might be the only one he wins a Golden Globe for. Um, and I don't know. I like Elton John's song. I think it's staged pretty funly. As yeah. we said before, it's not like as maximalist as some, somebody like Lerman would do it, but I think it's competent enough to like have a fine enough time in the theater, which I did with Rocket Man. Congratulations! Yeah, I'll say that. Can I say the one thing that I like about Rocket Man is that every time there is a cut in time, uh, Edgerton is confused about it, and I like the way he plays that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say as Next. a detractor, also that crocodile rock scene is like pretty great stuff. Yeah, the crocodile rock scene is fantastic. That's the best scene in the movie. All right, uh, the next one I have is uh, best screenplay going to the nice guys. Jesse, why don't you take this one? Sure. I haven't seen the nice guys since I saw it in theaters, but... You picked uh, it in our 2016 draft for screenplay as well, right? No, I picked... I actually picked Gosling when we did our 2016 right, right. draft. Gosling is great in it. Because, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's uh, Gosling and Crow are just... And Rice are all incredibly funny, and it's... Uh, because they're all given great lines, uh, you know, like the it it, it cuts a, it cut maybe one of the best trailers, most memorable trailers uh, of recent years, ending with the uh, the bathroom stall stuff with the gun. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't say that much about it because I haven't seen it in so long. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's good in structure. It's very funny. Yeah. It's just like it gives mm-hmm. two good actors a lot of rope to deliver very funny. Well, two mm-hmm. good actors and also Angry Rice, who is also a great actor, right. give a lot of rope to give a lot of funny lines. I think, like even more than most comedies, I think I've laughed at that movie more than yeah, more than most comedies I've seen in the last ten years. So I, that's why I love mm-hmm. that. I will say the thing I really like about that screenplay is like the way that it will just like do cheats and like. Like how she'll like just land on the car randomly or whatever, and they'll and then they'll just be like, oh, that was lucky or whatever, and like it just papers through that like no problem. I really enjoyed that aspect of that screenplay. Mm-hmm. Ne- next award, uh, best actress to Phyllis Smith. I feel like this might be eighties territory. Yeah, I can speak on that. So Phyllis Smith, she plays sadness, uh, one of the feelings in Riley's head in uh, Inside Out. Um, I mean, this is sort of like, I mean, you know, I think Phyllis Smith is famous for being on The Office as a character named Phyllis, right? And so I yeah. think th- it uses that, uh, that sort of like, uh, 
that association, I think, really smartly and in, like, a fun way where it's like, oh, yeah, like, that is, like, like the, the person who would be sadness in my body is, like, the person who you know, is just sort of, like, a constant presence in your office who you're, like, not ever super excited to see. Um, and I think that it, you know, that movie sort of hinges on, like, the talking about the importance of sadness in a, being a well-balanced person and, like, how sadness is, like, an, is is uh, an important part of, of who you are and, and should be something that you, you know, embrace when it comes to you in your life in, to a certain degree. Uh, and I think that she sort of plays that she, uh, the, the reluctance to sort of speak up for herself that is in fitting with like a character you would expect to be sadness, but then the way she grows into that uh, role by the end, I think is really well done. And I think uh, she's really good in the movie. Okay. What's the next award? Uh, well, I think actor is gonna be, uh, Sims and Andy yeah! giving it to Crow and Ryland, so why don't you start, Sims, Russell to, uh, Crow break is, up is a, a big, friendly boy, and I like him, <laughs> uh, even though he, he, I suppose, has had issues with rage in his life, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, this is an award for the nice guys, mostly, I would say, which was sort of <laughs> just this, like, lovely like flip side of his performance in LA Confidential that like made him a star like now he's this sort of like goofy chump who has this same weird desire to do good like but has absolutely no idea how to translate his big beefy energy into that like the only <laughs> thing he knows how to do is punch people and Crow has always been this like underrated soulful actor even though like Hollywood saw him as a tough guy and that's the great movie. And in Robin Hood, he like shoots arrows, and it's very cool. He's sort of, that's like that's his last beefy. beefy and, by, yeah, hunk, and by the last you know. minute, he lives in the woods. Finally, right. I mean, it is funny to think of that one of them is an end of an era of him, and the other one is a start of an era. And yes. there's a six year gap between. There them. is that fudgy. Yeah. Well, there's Les Mis in the middle. Essentially, that's the real problem for old <laughs> Lost in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about yes. Lost in the Woods. Yeah. But that's great. Uh, Mark Rylance in the BFG, uh, one of our finest. I famously have already given him award when I tied him with Adam Driver and Patterson in our 2016 uh, draft. Um, uh, I think that he really gives, I mean, talk about an impossible role. He has all this like nonsense language to sell. He commits to it as only a Shakespearean could. Um, he, uh, really sells his connection with Sophie. You buy him interacting with all these elements in the world, which is so fantastical. Uh, the way that he delivers the line, um, uh, look at what ye have done and, and there be no forgiveness, like, gives me chills and makes my hair stand up on edge. Um, uh, yeah, he's just, like, he, he captures all the wonder and awe that I think is, is, is great in that movie and also, you know, sells it as like a fully realized uh, giant character uh, who uh, is able to uh, uh, change the world. So I'm very happy to present this award to Mark Reynolds. A tie between two BFGs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next, do we want to go director to Lerman? Sure. Sam, I'll talk about it. Oh, no, go talk. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I mean, uh, I weirdly uh, watched it around the same time last year, I think in like hype for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> um, 
And like, yeah, we talked about it about like uh, earlier, like when nominating him. But Lerman just has this like ineffable quality to his movies that is like, yeah, I think it might like either work for you or not. Like, it's gaudy in a way, but it's just so stylistic and like he does it so well. I'm not a huge fan of Moulin Rouge. I think like Romeo uh, plus Juliet is like inarguable as a great movie. And uh, there's like a lot of like fun flourishes to be done with like the style of the great Gatsby and how it is like these huge, like lavish parties that they're throwing. And then like the intense sequences, like he definitely has the skill to like make it all pop. Like the moment we talked, we talked uh, a little bit, pre-record uh about the moment where they're like playing like uh rhapsody in blue as they introduce gatsby and there's all these fireworks going behind him and it's just the fucking best it rules so hard yeah and it's maybe a little more like visual music video for those songs than it is a movie but i love those music videos so i also think there is we maybe might be giving too little credit to the fact that I think he does have a semi-interesting take. I don't feel like it's fully there, but it's just like... I feel like it's easy to think about the Great Gatsby in terms of the story and just think about how Great Gatsby seems like a dumb guy who is like... You can read him immediately, but he... And he captures a, like, yeah, but when you're actually in the presence of him and in the presence of that house, it all seems really cool and flashy and nice. So you would just choose that over whatever logical thing your brain tells you because it seems awesome. And I think he captured that that well it's a gaudy movie about a gaudy man and i love it so much (laughs) (laughs) all right then uh we've got the grand prix going to how to train your dragon 2 another great one colin do you want to take it (laughs) i mean sure uh this is like as i mentioned earlier uh, one that i like didn't have any hopes for going in and then when I watched it, I was, like, completely enamored with it. It's such a pleasant movie. Uh, and, like, without getting too derisive about, like, the other animated movies on this list, like, Inside Out does a little bit too much of, like, that Pixar thing where it's, like, more for adults than children. And then Madagascar 3 is, like, very Chuck Jones to its credit, but also a little too frenetic for me. And How to Train Your Dragon 2 just, like, threaded the needle perfectly of being, like, a very nice-looking, pleasant movie with, like, uh, this, like, great performance by Kate Blanchett, I think, and the, a, a really weirdly locked-in Jaman Hantu as this, like, constantly yelling villain that i just was i thought it was so cool and it's like uh you know the score it's like obviously rooted in these like scottish elements and it's uh just a a nice easy watch of a movie yeah and i mean yeah also just the just a shout out like the flying sequences in all three of those movies are like just some of the like most wonderful like animated sequences that ever exist like you really feel like you're soaring through the air and the score is going and it's like wow like this is like all it that everything that animated movies can be and that's really cool yeah i'll i'll briefly shout out just the design on the dragons the most mm. fun part of the movie is just like looking at a bunch of cool looking dragons all right, and then finally, uh, we've got uh, the Palme d'Or going to Mad Max Fury Road. Sims is the jury president. Yes, so president all right, fine. I mean, I think I already made the argument, basically, which is like, this is the film among these movies that will inarguably linger. And I don't think even the movies that I appreciate among these this lot, which includes... 
nice guys Gatsby to some extent like Rocketman or BFG uh, you know will have much of a cultural tale whereas Mad Max Fury Road is feels like sort of like a once in a lifetime movie even if it's not your favorite and uh, it's the kind of thing can should always be rewarding yeah do we oh, know? Yeah. yeah. Do we know why it was out of competition and not in competition? I guess it was just just them. They don't put movies like that in competition movies, yeah. that often. Yeah. 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 I mean, right. like, I maybe they could. I mean, the other thing is to be in competition, you need to be ready way right. before, and it's quite possible right. that it wasn't. Um, and sometimes right. you can work around that by being like, "We'll show you an assembly cut," and you know, and that, right. that could be enough. But uh, but you know, I think also it's just sometimes it's like, no, we're not gonna do all that we're just gonna have a nice party and i'm right. sure warner brothers knew this movie was good but i don't think they thought of it as an awards player when they were releasing it right it's such a yeah you guys i mean on your podcast you talked about like the crazy run of it being like something that no one was really excited for and then it just delivered like tenfold as like such an incredible thing uh yes 100 percent. that's yeah right it it the fact that it became the sort of one of the critical choices for, you know, awards that year is is very it's very unusual. Yeah. So and with that, yeah. So congratulations, uh, David. Yeah. To our class of the twenty ten. Congratulations, summer blockbusters. Yeah. No congratulations and, uh, to pirates. We, yes. we did a good job. I think you should yes. always exit yeah. from these being feeling like pretty happy about yeah. a, a few yeah. and mm-hmm. like cool with the rest. Right. Like that's always the sort of thing you should be yeah. looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not at each other's throats, questioning yeah. why we're friends or why we respect each other's tastes. We shouldn't be like that after recording one of these. Um, well, this is harder in a way because these are all bad movies mm-hmm. by and large. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, um, that's yeah. It's it, yeah. But hey, I thought it was. We thought it was a good way to kick off summer movie season. It is July yeah, now. Play. Welcome to welcome to the summer. Uh, this is the way that that summer blo- summer blockbusters intersect with with the film festival culture that we like to talk about. So it is like this weird appendage that you get at these film festivals, where like they have this yeah. level of prestige, and then you try to capture just a, like a little bit of it for your schlocky movie that you are premiering. And I think that's an and interesting Shrek phenomenon. Too is right. Yes, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. All right. We should have extended right, this Jesse. to o- 09 and 08 just so we could give, <laughs> it, give Crystal Skull an award. Oh man! <laughs> oh wow! I didn't even think of well, that. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do the 2000s. Right. So. You can go back. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, All right. So, uh, David, would you like to plug anything? Sure. Blank check. I host Great it. Great podcast. Good. We all love to listen and, to and it. And yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm on the Atlantic. You can read my my stuff there. You're yeah. in the middle of uh, Nora Ephron right now on the That's main right. feed and just started Mission Impossible on the Patreon. That's right. Yes. All good stuff. Very fun. I will say, <laughs> if you don't get enough of people yelling about Andy on this podcast, listen to the Toy Story 3 uh, Patreon uh, episode. Because there's a lot of yelling about Andy on that episode. Dang ass freak. <laughs> and i'll say that uh blank check is both the reason why we all met and it is uh indirectly because of that the reason why we all first uh went to the toronto film festival which is 
in some ways the genesis of this podcast. Right, that's where so, I met you guys. Uh, we really appreciate uh, yeah. you coming on. I appreciate yes. you guys uh, liking my show, and I appreciate you guys. I don't know, like creating a, a nice little community of Toronto that's been fun to hang out with, mm-hmm. and, and all that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's all right. Been- well, you can find our show on Twitter at Can I Kick It. Uh, we're on Letterbox at Can I Kick It OD, like the last two letters in Pod because the P didn't fit. And you can find me on both of those platforms at JP Glickweber. Uh, links in the description. Uh, I am at Andy T Germ on all social media platforms that you care to find me on. Uh, come say hi. Yep. Follow follow Andy on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah if you head up, uh head up andy on raya um <laughs> is I that how raya clashed... works do you is it is it uh, username i mean based? no yeah, <laughs> you hit, you hit someone up on it. that's how it works yeah it's like a beeper sort of uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i'm clatchly on all social media and to continue my streak of plug-in uh, an old movie that i watched and loved I just recently watched Bicycle Thieves, and what a masterpiece. Yep. Always always exciting to hear Colin say a movie that you know is good is good. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Do what you gotta do. This has been a good podcast. Yep. Yes. Jesse, you <laughs> yep. With that, I will go ahead and release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.